Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this is Matt Chat. It is Matt Chat. This That's is, right. This is the That's show right. where we solicit the video questions and some text questions from the friendos uh, via Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. If you want to be involved in Matt Chat, uh, it's $20 per month. Uh, if you only want to do like a handful of questions, like four questions, one per week for the month, uh, 20 bucks gets you a friendo care package and it gets you the ability to participate here on Matt Chat. It's one of my favorite shows that we do. Yeah, that's right. I love throwing it out there to the friendo verse, seeing what they have to ask, seeing what they uh, how they feel about the product as it currently stands. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I love it Matt is, Chat. It is a good show. Fun show. A lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. Got a lot of questions today. A lot of good questions. Some great questions. Let's kick things off with Fair Thabata. Fair Thabata. Which podcast was better? The CM Punk on Art of Wrestling or John Moxley on Talk is Jericho? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Fair Thabata. It's a good oh. question. I like this question. Yeah, I like this question a lot. I do kind of feel that there's... I, I'm, I'm going to argue one side, you argue the other side. However, I do think that these two podcasts, groundbreaking podcasts, illuminating podcasts, are kind of two sides of the same coin, man. I think that there are two issues right now in wrestling that really need to be addressed by WWE uh, in, in terms of in not just wrestling, but WWE specifically, and that is their lousy creative, Vince McMahon's uh, 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 micromanaging of the creative, and I think there is uh, how these wrestlers are able to handle, their bodies are able to handle the tough schedule that WWE has uh, them going through. And I think both of these podcasts sort of illustrated uh, two sides, both those arguments. Punk talked a lot about just how wrestling treated his body, how the WWE sort of treated his body. Not very well, apparently. Um, he didn't really dive too deep into creative stuff, but Moxley talked almost exclusively about creative stuff. So um, I'll just take the punk side of things. Uh, there's one thing that kind of matters most, and that's the health of these wrestlers. And uh, CM Punk talked very super in depth about it. In fact, he talked so in depth about it. Him and Colt Cabana got sued uh, by uh, Chris Amon, uh, the, one of the trainers there at WWE. And so, uh, I think given that uh, the health of a professional wrestler is probably uh, paramount to uh, living, uh, I would say the CM Punk podcast. Also, it got there first. Also, uh, he did it on Thanksgiving. It's true. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give him the rub on that one. Uh, physical health, yes, very important. As is. Mental health, by mm. all accounts. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the former Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, was dealing with some uh, uh, some depression issues. Yeah, and that he didn't want to show up to work. Yeah, that's true. On a regular, he didn't want to show up to work Monday nights. Essentially, uh, he didn't want to. He he said at one point prior to jo joining WWE, he maybe his time in WWE, uh, promos were his favorite part of wrestling. It got to the point it was his absolute least favorite part. And and Moxley's appearance on Talk is Jericho really uh, hit on the uh, current 
wrestling cultural zeitgeist, which is WB Creative is garbage. Yeah. Um, that sentiment was kind of reaching a peak. This podcast drops, adds fuel to that fire, and is literally the talk of the wrestling world ever since it dropped. Yeah. Still is. The, the Anecdotally speaking, from our standpoint, yeah. the most stunning statistic that sort of proves that out. Is if we put Moxley in a thumbnail or title, the video does very, really well. If we don't, not quite as well. That, that episode, the one where we came in that morning and, and discussed that for a half hour, did like three times now, I think, what our WrestleMania review yeah. did. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, and also, just, just the landscape is different now. I mean, it was, what, late 2014 that Punk did his podcast? Um, uh, versus, you know, like four and a half years later mm-hmm. where uh, I know in 2014 wrestling fans knew a lot about the inner workings of the industry. Sure. Um, people know a heck of a lot more now, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, information is a lot more readily available about what's happening backstage. Um, and add to that, uh, some competition on the horizon for WB. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about, uh, I mean, no one's going to topple WWE anytime soon. That being said, uh, the hopes that some competition will give them a bit of kick in the pants uh, so they shape up their act. Yeah. Um, and again, all of this uh, with Moxley being on Talk of Jericho adds fuel to all that. Beyond this Talk of Jericho appearance, Moxley was on Wade Keller. Mm-hmm. Had a lot more to say, about yeah. four hours worth of stuff yeah. to say. Um, and it's, it's, he, he, whether he knows it or not, he knows how to keep things going mm-hmm. and it, which is benefits him. Keeps his name, the news, yeah. gets his name out there, especially well, also, now that he's starting to do shows. Also, I mean, he, he's a name that is definitely on par with CM Punk. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they're both main event level guys. And, uh, and so people really pay attention on top of that. You mentioned it, you know, all elite being a thing and him being kind of the Lex Luger of this latest round yeah. of, of wrestling wars, if you will, yeah. um, is, is pretty significant. I mean, he's, he's a bigger name, I think, than Lex Luger was oh, yeah. when he was around. And, uh, and Dean Ambrose really opened up uh, to, to a lot of stuff and validated a lot of the stuff that we had sort of speculated. I mean, honestly, the creative in WWE has, has, has gone downhill even in the past two, three years. Oh, yeah. It's gone downhill. I mean, you a had lot. the whole... You know, everything Baron Corbin uh, uh, th- that just was a thing, you know, six months ago. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to lead to changes. And, and the changes we saw have not been uh, significant. They have not been uh, meaningful or lasting or lasting. Yeah. I mean, we're at the point where the McMahon shakeup, uh, you know, I mean, where is the revival now? It's like, yeah, they have a bit more prominent a spot, but we're only a couple of weeks removed mm-hmm. from Usi Hot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still doing cartoonish or, clown or stuff. Or the revival of shaving each other's backs. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, no, things haven't really changed. And uh, ratings seem to be sort of, uh, they're still really, really down. Um, but, you know, every week, you know, some weeks, I think this week Raw was up a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And, you know... The second hour of all of them did the best this, this past week of Raw. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what has to change, man. I really don't. We're back with, you know, Brock Lesnar might be Universal Champion. Yeah, so which is not exactly where we want to be. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got a question from Willism. Hey, Steven Larson, it's Willism coming back at you with another Matt Chat question. So my question this week is, after listening to you guys, I'm working in the garage here, listening to you guys and thinking about the pay-per-view from over the weekend and how big of an impact John Moxley made um, on his appearance there and just the energy in that place and the people were really into it and they were just popping. It was 
It was kind of an awesome uh, image to end out that pay-per-view. So my question is, is that seeing that, you know, he had left WWE on the auspices that he just wanted to kind of, you know, semi-retire or he was kind of burnt out and just wanted to lay low for a bit. Do you think that that makes it in that much more difficult for any other talent to potentially leave on the best of terms with WWE? Um, because, you know, he didn't have a situation where he had months tacked onto his contract. They just let him go and he left quietly. But I believe the intention all along was for him to jump to AEW. Anyway, let me know what you guys think. Do you think that that makes it that much harder? Do you think the Vince McMahons and the Triple H's are just going to be even worse on their uh, wrestlers going forward and trying to hold them the contracts, even if in the best of terms they're trying to leave? Um, anyway, too sweet, hearty handshake. Coming from your pal, Willism. Take care, boys. Thank you, Willism. What do you think, man? Do you think this is going to make all things all awkward for wrestlers trying to leave? No, because I think wrestlers in 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 Moxley's situation, Mo, uh, wrestlers whose contracts have expired, um, I don't. We haven't heard of any instance or, or any, any any evidence that WB extended his contract any given he was out uh, for what nine months because of his triceps injury. Um, I don't know uh, how Moxley presented his departure to WB if he said. In any way, it was under the idea that he was taking a break, whatever. He didn't present it that way in the Jericho podcast. He just told him he was leaving, and he said why he was leaving. I don't recall him ever saying, I'm leaving to take a break. Oh, I don't think. It, it didn't sound like he's very smartly. I mean, what is it to them to say, hey, what are you going to do next? Yeah, you it's know? another business. Yeah, I don't think they've said that. Um, so, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily see his departure changing the fortune for anybody else who's in a comparable situation, that being uh, – their contracts expiring and they're not playing a resigning. I'll forego because uh, I, I kind of agree well, with you. We had this one thing, and then you can, you can take the time you want. I'd be very surprised they ever issued another statement like they did with him, though. Well, let me pose this question: If you're WWE, mm -hmm. will you learn any lessons from this? It see, I mean, honestly, I'm there's I don't think there's anything they could have done differently. However. So we didn't hear that they added any time to his contract. Will they now, this is, I think this is possible, will they now internally consider it mandatory to add time to contracts if you've had any injury time? Because if they didn't with Dean, they might now wish that they had. That's entirely possible. This might be a cutthroat thing. It's like, okay, well, you're leaving anyways. We don't need to worry about engendering goodwill here. It, because I don't know how the contracts are structured um i don't know because when dean was champion especially he was wrestling he was doing like two shows a day some days he was going above and beyond <laughs> you think that was that was credit on his tab that's what I'm, it might be to could a be. certain extent yeah it could be because i know like you get a your downside guarantee is based on working x number of dates per year mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's necessarily dates per year date or the duration of the contract because if it's dates per year i you think they have a hard time adding time onto a contract because once that year's expired if you don't work those dates because of injury or something would you just not get paid for those dates yeah i, I don't so, know i no, don't know i'm not necessarily talking about the specifics because you're right we don't know about the contracts but if they have the opportunity contractually to do that if they oh, think oh he's going out on good terms regardless we don't care we're gonna try to lock these people up as much as possible that might be a thing. They they might that get a bit be. more dickish oh. with with how they do things. I know it's hard to believe they could get even yeah, more dickish. You think they'd be they've reached max 
spitefulness. Right, right. But no, I think but apparently not. I do think that that most wrestlers, like for example, Luke Harper, if things had been reversed and he was in a position, he was thinking of asking for his release and he saw how successfully Dean Ambrose did it. Yeah. I doubt I doubt we're going to get anybody publicly asking for their release. I don't Not think anybody's going to say that was that was the company saying don't do this. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I think that wrestlers will probably try to learn a lesson from Dean's leaving and I think WWE is probably going to try to learn a lesson from him leaving as well. The lesson they're going to learn is not to change how they do business, is to add as much extra time in their deal as possible. It you would think that they would learn, maybe we should start listening to these guys a maybe, bit more. Yeah, maybe we should open up the creative process to let the wrestlers be more involved and actually treat but the wrestlers better. chances are. No. <laughs> we're just going to lock these guys up for... Uh, uh, we're going to get every single second out of that contract we can, lock them in as long as we can. Yep. Regardless of the perception it creates. There, there, might, be, there might be some, some ultimatums. There, I mean, you know, they go to the club, hey... Do you guys want to re-sign? Do you guys want to re-sign the extension? Big, big raise, big, big raise. They keep on saying no. Okay, well, here's the thing. If you if you say no, this is what we contractually can do to you, you know? But if they've already made the decision six months ago, they're out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless what WB says to them. Like, I don't recall either of them being injured during their time in WB. At least not. Oh yeah, yeah. Me neither. Long enough to justify adding a significant. I'm just term thinking to their that... contract, but I mean, like, if it's 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 a situation where, yeah, you're injured, you're out three months, and the language in the contract says that they can do that, fine. But if they try to throw up some ultimatum, well, we can keep you around for an extra three months. Well, why? Mm-hmm, yeah. And if there's no good reason, then you call their. Oh bluff. no, no. I'm just saying they can get their lawyers to figure out some, you know, some sort of. Okay, get your well, lawyers in legally. to figure out why their their lawyers are full of BS. Yeah. No, I'm just saying I could see WWE being oh, dicks about. Yeah, they would be. That's Absolutely. That's totally point. completely. Next, got a question from Xena64. Salutations, friendos. So let me add some uh, perspective first. Uh, Wild card rule sucks. Uh, the creative sucks. Uh, Vince taking over everything sucks. And uh, I guess um, my question is, uh, has wrestling uh, already reached its peak? Because everybody keeps talking about the Attitude Era, even though it's been like 20 years since then. And I've been watching wrestling for like 10 years. And I feel like I haven't gotten like, oh, this is wrestling uh, kind of vibe where everybody's watching and it's a must-see. Uh, in 20 years from now, will we be talking about something else that isn't the Attitude Era, or has wrestling already reached its peak? And uh, if not, then what is its what is wrestling's peak? Uh, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Xena64. Thank you, Xena64. So, I mean, probably it's probably reached its peak just because. So, I mean, it, so I'll put it this way: it kind of depends on what you consider its peak. Is it? total number of people with an enthusiastic interest in wrestling. I don't think we're ever going to get a time when it it beats the attitude era. I do not. I don't think it's possible. I think that there's too many competing forms of entertainment. I think ratings are down what like 75% versus what it was back then. I think its highest rate was like an 8-1 and now they do like what a, a 1 or something, something like that. I don't know. Um so I'm going to say yes, it probably has. However, that being said, if let's see, miraculously, if miraculously Triple H took over tomorrow and within six months we had NXT level creative in WWE 
And at the same time, All Elite is starting up. And at the same time, New Japan has made even more headway here in the United States and even improved their product even more. Um, I think you could, we could see another renaissance in terms of the quality, which will bring in more people. I don't think it's going to be the sheer volume of people and the enthusiasm is before well, the enthusiasm might be there. The sheer number of people. No, I don't think that's possible. Um, but I think if, if the stars aligned, um, if you have all elite firing in all cylinders, WWE firing in all cylinders and new Japan out there, and then a bunch of, you know, smaller promotions as well. If everybody is firing in all cylinders, which I think is possible, I think you will see an enthusiasm for wrestling that that will parallel the Attitude Era, just not in volume of people, just not in eyeballs. It depends, and I think Xena 64 is primarily talking, I think, creatively, um, uh, I think. But well, he was saying, like, everybody talks yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, being yeah. part of it. Um, uh, you're right. Wrestling won't be as popular maybe ever again as it was during the Attitude Era um, because there's way too many entertainment options for people now. Uh, TV ratings across the board down. People uh, digest entertainment in different ways than they did in the mid-90s. I don't know if it's possible for professional wrestling to achieve those heights in terms of ratings popularity. That being said, uh, the in-ring product has never been better than it is today mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the level of the athleticism, the, the storytelling ability, the charisma uh, is off the charts across the board. Like every promotion has world-class wrestlers across the board. It's amazing. Um, uh, literally everything else is better in terms of what you can do in ring, in terms of the level of the talent, in terms of the production uh, capabilities of, of, of all the major promotions. Um, it all just comes down to creative. And there's a lot of great stuff during the Attitude Era. However, there's a lot of crap stuff too. Um Wrestling fans were probably never as enthused as they were in the Attitude Era, but you're right. If if everybody starts firing in all cylinders in the spirit of competition, then it's, it's possible that creatively wrestling could get back to where it was yeah. in the mid-90s, if not even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I agree. P- the possibility is there because the talent is definitely there. And the talent is, is better than it's absolutely ever been. One thing that you have also right now that All Elite is, is pushing big time is inclusivity and diversity. And when you bring that into the equation, you're reaching out to a much larger demographic mm-hmm. than you have right now, mm-hmm. um, which just adds enthusiasm. It adds eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the, the potential is there for the enthusiasm to, to rival and even surpass the Attitude Era. I mean, you look at those. You look at those crowds back then. Yeah. And uh, you know all the signs that they brought. And granted, a lot of the signs are pretty horrible. But uh, but just you know the signs were a reflection of enthusiasm, and it'd be great to see crowds that are just so hyped yes. to be there to be yes. like I will be honest with you, all in I think was probably as close to Attitude Era level enthusiasm yeah um, that I've seen since the, since the Attitude Era the the enthusiasm at all in that first show was just absolutely yeah amazing it, it was, really it was, was insane it really was so um, and I think I think that can be par for the course if, if everything's uh, if, if creative is there, yeah, agreed. It's all about this. All at this point, like I said, the 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 talent level is off the charts. It's all mm-hmm. about how good the creative is. Yeah, and if the creative uh, departments of, of the promotions can actually tell and develop interesting stories that are intriguing on a long term basis, yeah, not just week to week, but long term, people want to watch. Yeah. 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, next up, Renegade Soul has a question about All Elite Wrestling. Let's see what he has to say. Good morning, friendos. It is the Ayatollah of one iota. Renegade Soul with your next Matt Chat question. Rewatching Wait. buy-in. On my way to work. Rewatching buy-in, we notice that Hangman Page and Chris Jericho, one of them is going to be the next AEW champion. Where do you see AEW in about a year's time? Who do you see as the next rising star? Who do you see as the uh, next champion? Who do you see as the next face of the company? I want you to use your Nostradamus-like skills and tell me what you think. Too sweet, hearty handshake, rock on, and peace out. Take care, guys. Thank you, Renegade Soul. You're up first. MJF is the answer. Uh, to which which of all of them oh, wow face the company champion oh, of the year ooh, mjf is the answer mvp of double or nothing oh my goodness um fastest rising star in all elite wrestling say mvp of double or nothing yeah the show you really think that yeah man mjf was hell yeah he was like in he had like one promo and he was he in the tied, battle royal he, he, he was t- in the kickoff show man. he tied the entire battle royal together he, that was the kickoff show i understand mvp of the kickoff show for sure but then his his bit with bret hart was awesome yeah, it was funny. It was funny. I believe at our start at our double nothing review, I said that and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Well, I say that a lot. No, I th- I thought he was maybe the breakout. I could maybe say he's the breakout. MVP, man. MVP? Are you kidding? Hell me? yeah, Cody. You're not gonna give it to Cody or Dustin. Give me a break. 
They have like a killer match. MVP MJF. Uh, MJF is your answer to to wherever awesome things AEW is going to do in a year. MJF is the answer. He's great. Uh, I think that Kenny's. He's, he's got star heel potential. Okay. I think Kenny's probably going to be their champion. MJF will be a good, solid upper mid card heel at the time. Uh, I think that uh, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really, really cool. You forget that twice MJF was kicked out of Starcast. I I know, man. He was, Look, he was the MVP of the whole weekend. I like him. I like MJF. He unplugged. Like he him. unplugged the microphone on Sean Ross Sapp's camera when he's doing an interview. That's good. That's clever. That's th- that's good, he's man. He's a smart heel. Don't don't get carried away though. He's good. Solid in a year. Solid upper mid card heel. Mm, top heel in the entire promotion, if not all of wrestling. Okay, let's move on. Rich here has a great question. Hey, friendos. Rich with another chat question here. Um, With all the things that WWE is doing wrong, and obviously let's say the list of things they're doing wrong is a lot longer than the list of things they're doing right, with them continuously doing these stupid Saudi shows that no one really cares about and how they're trying to compare it to WrestleMania is just stupid. The main question is, are we going to have an Evolution 2 this fall for the ladies, or are they going to change it up and give it a different name? But the question is, do you guys think the women should just automatically get at least, at least, one all-women's pay-per-view a year, and if that's good enough, or if they should literally have a pay-per-view of their own like every six months when the guys go to Saudi Arabia? So... I think they should. Evolution was great, so let me know what you think. Too sweet. Handshake. Bye, guys. Thank you, Rich. Thank this you is a great question. Rich. Great question. Uh, I go first. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Evolution was awesome. It was the best pay-per-view of last year. Yeah. WWE pay-per-view of last year. It probably was. It was really, really good, and it showcased across. It was like a true across, like cross-brand showcase the way a cross-brand showcase should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was terrific, man. It exposed a wider audience to uh, like people like Tony Storm, Shayna Baszler. Um, it, you know, man, it was it was absolutely terrific. Yeah, hell, hell yeah, yeah, man. Why not? What are we gonna? What, what are we get next? Stomping ground? Who cares about stomping grounds? That logo that is, that is terrible. Terrible. That is, no, that's trash. Nobody wants to see that. That's terrible. Let's get Evolution back, dude. Hell yeah, man. Evolution was the best WWE pay per view of 2018. I won't say might. It was. Uh, the 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 quality of matches across the board, top to bottom, were better than pretty much any other WWE pay per view that year. The main event, sorry, the co-main event, that uh that uh, false can anywhere match. Oh my god! The extreme uh, rules match between yeah, Charlotte, was terrific. And Becky Lynch was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, last woman standing. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, was great. Um, even the main event, the proper main event, the Nikki Bella Ronda Rousey match was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, May Young Finals. Quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Seeing Shayna defend that, uh, or they had the NXT title match between Shayna and Kyrie. That was great too. Yeah, it was all great. Yep, it's a great show, top to bottom. Yeah, I want, I want, I want great shows. Give me great shows. Yeah, um, and I think, yeah, Evolution 2019 would be another great show. Yes, definitely do it. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. Okay. Next, Rich Hardesty. Hi, Stephen Larson. Rich Hardesty here with another Matt Chat question for you. So in this lead up to Super Showdown. Uh, we've seen The Undertaker come back a couple of times. And it kind of got me thinking the last few times that he has come back, I haven't been overly excited to see his return. Part of it, I think, was there was kind of a nice bow tie wrapped up on his quote-unquote retirement match at WrestleMania. So it got me thinking, are 
you guys excited to see legacy members of the roster like your Undertakers, Goldbergs, Batistas, etc. come back? Or would it be better served to not see them come back and let their legacies kind of rest in peace? Pardon the pun. All right, guys. Hearty handshake. Too sweet. Take care. Thank you, Rich Hardesty. Do I, I go first. Uh, philosophically, I'm not too keen on the ideas of, of, of guys who are past their prime showing up once or twice a year uh, to wrestle matches I don't care about. However, there are exceptions to that rule. I was into the Batista thing because Batista's great. Because I like Batista. And, while, and, and how they presented the story initially was interesting and different, where he shows up in a tax Ric Flair and the presentation is different. He's telling the cameraman, come over here and do this. That was cool. And I'm guessing that was probably his idea. Um, so I'll say, generally speaking, no, I'm not excited to see legacy members of the roster come back. However, if it's the right wrestler and the, the, the story is presented in an interesting way, I can get into it. Even the Batista Triple H thing was the match was way too long. There it was, was still like fun. there was one good, and then I mean you can kind of say that the "Give me what I want" Hunter thing was f- cool, I guess. But really, I mean, I really like Batista. Batista seems like a great human being. I'm glad the guy got what he wanted because I think that's cool. But that's kind of a unique situation. Otherwise, no, there should really be an age limit in WWE. Unless your name is Chris Jericho and you're reinventing yourself consistently and you're and you're thriving in that role, then which and he is a unique situation as well. No, no, man, I don't I don't want to see Undertaker anymore. I don't see Goldberg. I really don't want to see Triple H wrestle. I that match at WrestleMania with him and Batista was way too long. I know, but still, oh, that was pretty fun still. I mean, who else is there? They did some fun stuff. Who yeah. else? Who I mean, who else is there? What other legacy guys are there? Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, Shawn Michaels came back. That was embarrassing. Yeah, he seems to think that was a mistake. Yeah, Brock is no man. No Kane. More Kane's a legacy guy now. <laughs> Kane makes me laugh, but no, I don't want to see him anymore either. Uh, Batista's pretty much the only that that particular instance was the only case I really. It was a it. unique moment. It really for was. a guy that deserves to get what he wants. Give me what I want. And Hunter gave him what he wants. Give me what I want. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> Give me what I want. Christopher Abersad, let's see what he has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, you see what happened to Lacey Evans this past Monday night? She's very green in the ring. I never understood why they call her up. She was great at NXT. She was getting better, and they call her up. It's like a Roman Reigns situation. So do you think Lacey Evans will be like the next Roman Reigns? Are you just going to push her and push her until she gets better? Or what would happen if Shayna Baszler went up then Lacey Evans took over the women division down there. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. Oh, man. It, yeah, so there's any number of reasons why it really Shayna should have had a high-profile, not Abe Simpson gimmick-esque call-up. Uh, and the, the reason is simple. Ronda Rousey left. And I think it would have been great to have somebody, namely her best friend, be her proxy uh, a suitable replacement who, yes, doesn't give you main, like the same mainstream crossover name that Ronda Rousey did, but nobody believes Lacey Evans is a viable contender uh, to take on Becky Lynch. Nobody thinks that. It's not believable. Her gimmick is odd. She has that weird Abe Simpson thing that she still does from time to time. She's 
I for a, she can be decent in the ring, but holy moly, that match with Charlotte this past week. I remember when she was, was uh, she was in the Rumble early, and it it was a little sloppy. Yeah, she is she is pretty relatively green in the ring. She she's still a project, and she should yes. not have been brought. I'm sorry, man. You have you have talent like Ember Moon, who my God is a joy to watch in the ring. You've got Asuka, who's been who's put in a tag team with another terrific wrestler, Kyrie Sane, and they're not on TV. Any number of those people could have been in the same place as Lacey Evans. I don't know why Vince felt the need to bring her out and to put her in such a prominent spot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I think that Shayna Baszler is ready for primetime. She has been for about a year now. And uh, she would have been a terrific, like Ronda Rousey could have done a pass the torch, pass the baton, it's your turn now. And it could have been a hot, hot feud. Becky Lynch has positioned herself as a fighter. Shayna Baszler is a fighter. Mm -hmm. That's who she needs to be taking on, somebody like that, not Mm -hmm. a walking gimmick like Lacey Evans. Mm -hmm. I can't disagree with anything you said. Uh, Lacey, I think, would have benefited for at least another year in NXT. There's that, too. and I think if if they had switched gears, brought Shane up after Mania to take on Becky, whether it be to explicitly, uh, uh, you know, fight mm-hmm. in, uh, or essentially take Ronda's place in the feud, or just you don't even mention the Ronda aspect of it, either or. Yeah, uh, Shayna is, is is a really good foil to Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. uh, and as you mentioned, Lacey really isn't. Uh, if Lacey had stayed in NXT for another year. Really, really, like, from a character standpoint, she's fully formed. Like, she knows who her character is. She knows how to uh, wrestle from a character standpoint. She knows how to drop promos from a, 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 a character standpoint. However, just the actual technical aspect of wrestling needs a little bit of work still. Yeah. Um, another year in NXT, give her, if you want, a title run mm-hmm. in NXT, would have done her wonders. And then when she's brought up a year from now, if you put her in position to take on someone of the caliber of Becky Lynch. She has an NXT uh, women's yeah. title reign under her belt. Yeah. To not that they'll mention it, but you know, fans <laughs> who actually watch NXT will will be like, "Oh, she's a former champion yeah. in NXT. She has that walking into the main roster." Whereas now she does she really didn't win anything in NXT. Like she's going to show up. She's never even been she never even done a takeover. She doesn't have like the takeover. Uh, and then you also take a look at its impact in NXT, Shayna coming up. Then you have uh time and room. Uh you have breathing space. For Jessamine Duke, who I think m- they might have something with her, maybe. Uh, Marina Shafir seems like a bit more of a project. Um, and uh, But you, you you let them sort of fly. You mm-hmm. let them fly. Mm-hmm. And also you, you oh, free that up. That SmackDown thumbnail is terrible. You free it's up, so bad. You free up the title picture for Candice, for EO, yeah. for Bianca Belair, oh, yeah. Mia Yim. Yeah. There's a lot of really great talent mm-hmm. in the NXT Women's Division. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. So... And you add Lacey to that in NXT, I think it would have been a pretty solid It's a pretty solid, solid division. division right there, yeah. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Uh, next, Andy Nero. Hey, friendos. Hey, Stephen Larson. It's Nero here with a matchup question. Uh, this one is regarding Bullet Club. What was the best iteration and what was the best era 
of the Bullet Club. You've got the uh, Rock and Roller era with Finn Balor or Prince Devitt. Um, you've got the AJ Styles era and then you've got the Kenny Omega era. Um, personally, I think it's the AJ Styles era. Um, you guys pick one and argue the toss. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you, Andy Nero. Thank you, Andy Nero. Real. Real. Prince is real. I think you made up that catchphrase. Regardless. I did. I'll do it again. That's a, that's a t-shirt we need to make now. <laughs> ah, there you go. See, that's um, good. No, I mean, Bullet Club in their purest Is there anybody that would profit off of their uh, bad memory and mistakes more than me? I don't know. Pretty cool. Uh, Bullet Club in its purest essence, its, its, its most distilled form. Scary. Yeah, is is the scary Prince, Prince Devitt-led Bullet oh, yeah. Club. However... You cannot argue the most successful version oh, of Bullet is, Club. is when Kenny was at the helm. Totally. Kenny at the helm. Totally. Kenny at the helm, absolutely. From a creative standpoint, mm-hmm. most interesting Bullet Club. Mm. Real. Absolutely. Um, then let's let's take this a little bit further here because we were, we're in too much of an agreement. What's the lowest form of Bullet Club? What's the worst bottom-feeding Bullet Club? Well, I'm about to say Bullet Club now, right? Ah! Oh boy! What are they? Who, what are they? Who are they feuding with? What culture? Get out of here! Tamatonga showing up at what culture's panel at Starcast and like making fun of them because like when AJ was oh making, AJ like that's what, them at their most decorated arguably oh yeah AJ is IWGP champion the Young Bucks as the junior heavyweight cha- uh, champs and then you had uh, Club uh, Anderson and Gallows yeah as, uh, heavyweight tag champs yeah Jeff Jarrett there Hawk and Gold too he's great yeah Kenny was a uh, junior champion I think maybe in mm-hmm. that spell too as well as uh, Intercontinental champ but that might have been after AJ left already um, so yeah they were like super decorated in terms of winning titles at that point. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were massive. Although I, now that now that El Fantasmo is in Bullet Club, oh El Fantasmo, yeah, NWO Finn Balor, yeah, he's pretty entertaining. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Um, now that he's a member, I they, talk shit. Then he's cool. He might his addition might make it a step up, as I think the 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 iteration previous to him joining. Yeah, as yet undetermined, man. When Jay, as yet when, undetermined. When it was when it was pretty much Jay White, Tamatanga, and Tonga Loa. Very confusing. And it it, it, it has it has like less to do with I think if 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 Kenny or the elite if their departure was booked effectively yeah to give those guys sticking around yep. a rub yep that perception wouldn't be there if there was more if there was more like actual stated motivation for Jay White joining Bullet Club yeah if there was a big moment it lacked a it lacked so many big moments because most of the moments were done on social media it went from like episode three to episode eight and it's like wait what happened yeah now? and there, yeah and there need to be a blow off I still at New Year's Dash after Wrestle Kingdom they should have done something time honored tradition man you go out on your back yeah they should have done something but give me uh, Prince Devitt oh, in yeah, a restaurant man. shopping innocence that's what I want man. <laughs> Mark's coming up. Oh, chop me, chop me. And then he's all real. Oh, destroying them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next question from the B-Man, Patrick Sparks. I mean, they called that dude Machine Gun. Oh, God. Machine Gun, show me your Rainmaker. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, B-Man. Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right, Hall of Fame question here. But it's a little twist to it. As one John Moxley said, Vince is only going to die in the chair. He's never going to give up his spot. That being said, who will finally go into the Hall of Fame that deserves to go into the Hall of Fame after Vince has passed away? Well, bonus, when 
is Eric Bischoff going to go into the Hall of Fame? Because I highly believe he's going to. And do you think Ted Turner will ever go in? If so, when? Thanks, Rondos. Bye. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man. I'll go first. Uh, your answer's pretty good, although even that, I'm not sure it would work. Uh, the only person, honestly, I think the only person at this point who's going to go in the Hall of Fame when Vince dies is Vince. Vince is not going to let himself get inducted by himself. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that it's, it's Vince. There's nobody else. It's not like Vince dies like Benoit's going to go in. Like the only, the only, the last one that like was a weird rumor. That's cool. The last one that was like that, that off-putting rumor about uh, Macho Man. Uh, he went in and I think that was kind of the last one, right? That... That was, I mean, is anybody else, besides your answer, is there anybody else that's sort of holding out for Vince to be gone? I think this is the shirt you're thinking of. Mm. Nothing's going to show up. Mm. Let, Let me see. see. I said Prince is real. Oh, no, it's showing up. Nope. There's a whole lot of stuff going on there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Go go ahead with your answer. Though. Oh, uh, and then should Bischoff get in? Yes. Should Ted Turner go in? Uh, he should. He won't until he's dead, though. Um. I said Owen Hart because my understanding of that is that Owen's widow won't allow him to go into the Hall of Fame. I, th- I don't know if it's strictly because Vince is around because she blames the WB for his, his death. Um, now, if Vince were to pass away and Triple H were to make a phone call uh, to try to make it happen, I don't know if that would it would be a guarantee, but it'd be know. a heck of a lot more likely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but in any event, yeah. Vince, my answer solid is Vince. There's no way he's going to go in while he's alive. He will certainly go in. He'll be a headliner uh, as soon as he passes. That's going to happen. Oh, probably. Yeah. I can't argue Because that. he can't. He's going to go in. He can't be like oh, a sub oh, headliner. Devitt is real. Oh, well, there we go. An opening for us. Uh, let's see here. Next up, uh, uh, Jacksonville's number one. Guillaume has a question. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, friendos? This is Jacksonville's number one Met Chatter, Keon Halili, back with another Met Chat question. I'm at the gym again, getting jacked. Uh, my question for the week is, is there something that you hold dear to your heart that not everybody likes in the wrestling community? For instance, I love the WWE Spinner Championship because it was around... When I was a teenager, uh, yeah. Let me know your thoughts. Too sweet. Party handshake. <sighs> Later, guys. Thank you, Gion. Thank you, Gion. Uh, I love me the beat the clock challenge. I think most people are probably fairly indifferent to it. Yeah, probably. I just think it's great. I'm with you on that one. I love. I, I think it's great. it's great. I wish there's two things I really want in WB2K20. I want gauntlet matches. And I want something that's a little more formal with beat the clock challenges. I think that'd be fantastic. You can give me a beat the clock challenge. I'm into it. What about a whole pay per view beat the clock? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, that'd be an interesting approach to a tournament rather than doing a tournament is you have like six matches and each subsequent match has to end sooner than the previous one. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be cool. I'd anyway, like it. Anyways, continue. Uh, is there something you hold dear to your heart in wrestling and nobody else likes? Yeah, Jim Cornette. Uh, I think that. I'm still I'm so confused by him because I get I get that he's old school wrestler. I understand that. But like the dude also, if you pay attention to his Twitter, he's like super liberal when it comes to his politics. And generally, 
people that feel or that believe in that sort of thing are like more open to diversity and inclusiveness. It's weird. Humans are complex beings, man. And yet he seems to like... He's the most conservative like wrestling guy there is. He thinks wrestling has to be a very specific thing. Two uh, large men pretending to beat each other up. So I kind of have this theory about him that that aspect of him is all fake, is all a work. You know, he hates double or nothing. He's given, he is given, if you think about it, if you step away for a second, he is given so much exposure to so many wrestlers that he, so, that he hates, that he claims to hate. And all he's doing is giving them exposure, getting them over, get, rallying their fan bases around them. Uh, I, so I think it's, I think it's absolutely, I think it'd be weird if, if his intention is, oh, I hate these people. Wouldn't he just like not talk about them? Because all he's doing is giving them more exposure. And he's a smart guy. He's not a stupid guy. He's got to know that. I have this feeling that all of that is fake and he just does it to get them exposure. I just get that feeling. I'm probably wrong. Yeah, it's that. probably it probably is what it is. Like you said, people are complex, and maybe that's the one thing in his heart that he's super conservative about is wrestling has to be this, not that or that or that or that. That could be. I just get this feeling that that's not the case. But uh, in any event, I think he's a wonderful wrestling historian. I wish we would see a lot more of that out of his Twitter account. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, too. Uh, uh, Someone of his vast wrestling knowledge, Mm -hmm. if assuming we take – Take him at face value. Yeah. That your situation is not the case, that all this trash talk and whatnot sure. isn't. It's real. A work, it's real. It's the shame that someone of that vast wrestling knowledge doesn't doesn't offer that to to this generation and open his mind to what wrestling could be. Just imagine if, if, if uh, 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 that vast wealth of knowledge, if he brought that to this current generation, who, who is – Eminently well versed in wrestling. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people wrestling now are huge, massive fans who were taping or uh, trading tapes probably back when I, I casually did that a little bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, You're uh, a pioneer, man. But you, you, we see we see Dave Meltzer and and he's friendly with the Young Bucks and Cody yeah, and yeah. those guys. And imagine if Jim Cornette allowed himself to to these this younger generation talent to access his vast knowledge. That would be something else. Like he's he's I don't know how heavily involved he is with MLW beyond oh, being doing commentary, on commentary. yeah. But it's like MLW is gonna they work with people that mm-hmm. you know that are that I would think he's all anti you know them. Yeah, I I don't it, it boggles my mind. And so the only conclusion I can come to is it's got to be fake because it's wrestling. And one of his things is wrestling kayfabe is alive. And so I'm, I just think that he keeps that alive through his character on Twitter. That's the only thing my brain can process because I can't process a guy who seems so open-minded in, in one realm and just so close-minded in another to the point that, but, and then on top of that, he's getting all, he's giving all these people exposure. I mean, look at, look at what his thoughts on, on Sonny Kiss did for Sonny Kiss. It, everybody focused on Sonny Kiss. They all rallied behind him. They all think that he's the bee's knees. You know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I feel like that's the thing. I don't know. It's a pretty extensive work because pretty much everybody's convinced that he's being legit. I get that. I know. I know. But man, what a work it is if it was. I mean, it seems like the simpler explanation. He just, he's, he just, he's, he's a complex 
Seems complex beings, man. Okay. Stephen M. Let's see what he has to say. How are we going on, friend Joe's? Um, Firefly Funhouse. Best thing on main roster TV right now. Um, Braves playing the binder. Yeah, that Vince Popo's genius. So I know Power Rank 5 next five puppets that should be on it or next five characters should be on it. Do you think wrestlers should go on the show, get themselves over maybe those in the mid-carriage because it'd be, it'd do wonders like some Hardy or something. And I think Bray should become the 24 seven champion and defend the title in the Firefly Funhouse. So, and how should Bray eventually debut on TV, even if that's going to happen? So too sweet. Hardy handshakes. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. Uh, I, I I came up with four. Now, are these puppets or are these humans? These are all puppets. All right, good. Uh, mine are all puppets, too. Uh, so he's got a puppet of his brother. Mm-hmm. He can talk about how he has wanted to work with his brother, but WWE won't basically let him. Yeah. Uh, he can have a puppet taker, because that's a feud that I think should have passed the torch to Bray to be new taker. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah, because uh, all of all of this stuff, like we saw Huskus, which is obviously a reference to Husky Harris. Yes, yes. Uh, Sister Abigail's on there, so like these are all significant points in his career, and I totally. yours, yours reflect that as well. Absolutely, the first one, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be funny. Harper, who you know, outside of storyline, has asked for his request, and Vince hates him, and all this and that, and I think it'd be good to loop Harper back into the mix as as an actual wrestler, but start out with Harper Puppet. And then, uh, and then the man who burned down uh, his house, Randy Orton, uh, either real Orton or puppet Orton, probably puppet Orton because he asked for puppets. So I'm going to go. Well, with I'll agree with you on Orton, but I think it should be a snake man, like an anthropomorphic snake puppet, and he names him Randall. Okay, that's good too. Yeah. Again, to address that period yeah. of his. Oh yeah, these these life. would all be anthropomorphic takes. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and you'd have like a John Cena type. Harper would be a cow. All right. <laughs> John Cena, Bald Eagle, America. That's good, yeah. That's um, good. Of course, represent his first major feud, mm-hmm. which he should have at least won the Mania match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H. Mm, good. Uh, you know, you have Devil Vince. Mm-hmm. Why not a Triple H with a halo above his head? There you go, Angel represent H. Represent how the, yeah, he's perceived as a savior for WWE. That's good. Um, you have the tax man, which, of course, is dad. Oh, that's good. Too, IRS. Man. Oh, man. And then, just because I think it'd be funny just for a throwaway gag, yeah. Shockmaster. Puppet Shockmaster bust through a wall. That'd be great. Yeah, I like Shockmaster. They can find uh, some sort of justification for that. Yeah. Uh, I got three text questions next. First, from Nemo. Uh, she says, Subject Alexander tweeted out he misses 205 Live. The question is, would he be better off back there or to stay in the loser locker room? Uh, you go first. He would be more involved if he were on 205 Live. At this point, it'd be seen as a step back. Mm, a huge step back. But with the level of competition on 205 Live now off the charts, mm-hmm. I just don't. It depends what he, it just depends what he wants. Does he, does he want to go out there and showcase his abilities? Well, apparently he wants to be back on 205 Live. Yeah, it seems to be <laughs> if he And be involved on a regular basis on a program. And if that's what he really wants, then 205 Live is a better option. Either 205 Live or NXT, both of them are, are going to be seen as a step down. Oh, NXT wouldn't. When yeah. people go, when it's it, the funniest thing. Well, like, Tyler said he considers it a lateral move. When, yeah. And then when Drew Gulak, just from a fan's perspective, from my own, my own perspective, when I see Drew Gulak on, on NXT, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because I know what he can do on the show that nobody watches. NXT is a place for excitement. 
Um, I mean, job career-wise, yeah, maybe NXT. But NXT, if he goes to NXT, that's a massive showcase for his skills, assuming that he's involved. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, the, the perception is that main roster is where you want to be. Oh, sure, yeah. Because it's the top of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I would rather be on it. I mean, if I'm, a, if I'm a wrestler, I'd probably rather be on NXT than in the loser locker room, for sure. I mean, I think EC3 would love to be back in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would say if, if, it, if it's between 205 Live and loser locker room, I think we've gotten a glimpse. There's two things. Number one, we've gotten a glimpse as to what 205 Live is. You're there to build a brand if you didn't really have one prior, and he did that to the best of his ability. Uh, so there's nothing left for him to do there. Number two, um, we don't even know if 205 Live is going to be around much longer. Uh, during those conference calls, uh, WWE uh, officials have said uh, that th- they're not sure how to approach their third hour of programming, uh, and they're actively looking at what they could do with that. There's speculation that it could be worth a ton of money to Fox in, in, in adding a third hour to SmackDown, um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. wouldn't surprise me. Any number of things wouldn't surprise me there, um, but it's possibility that 205 Live probably won't exist. Uh, after some point. Well, so. in that case, since he would be one of the top guys on 205 Live, he'd ideally get moved over to NXT at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd think, but you never know. Um, I, I enjoy his work. I'd like to see more of it. And I just fear that's not going to happen on while he's a member of the Raw roster. You're right. You know what he needs to do? You, what he really should be doing is getting himself over on social media. Is exactly the same thing Mustafa Ali did. You know, film little interview. You don't have something on Raw? That's fine. Film something and put it on your Twitter. You know? Make it entertaining. Don't act bitter, but act like you're a dude with a chip on your shoulder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because there's a difference there. Don't, yes. don't, don't be Leo Rush. Be Mustafa Ali. Yeah, you know? don't be Dolph Ziggler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't be in-story Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Out, of, out, of, out of kayfabe, Dolph Ziggler is happy as can be. Yeah, well, I'm sure. He's gonna admit, man, how much do that payday is for Saudi Arabia? A lot. Probably a lot of money. His downside guarantee is pretty significant. Pretty hefty. Uh, next text question from Luis Ariza. He says, this comes from Alex Ramirez from the Friendoverse. And here it is. What's your favorite bad match? Mm. Uh, Luis agrees with Alex in saying that it's Shawn Michaels versus Hogan at SummerSlam due to Shawn's overselling. Also mentions Antonio Inoki <laughs> versus the great Antonio. Okay, well, number one, what's your take on Michaels Hogan? Oh, it's a blast, man. <laughs> it's hard. To me, it's so, because you look at stupid Hogan's face, and he's just like... He just has to go with it. I know. He knows what's going on. He does. And I and I, I love every second of it. <laughs> that Shawn Michaels goes out there just to embarrass Hulk Hogan. I know. I love it. Oh, it's so bad. I love it. It's good. What do you think of Antonio Inoki versus oh, Green Antonio? Oh, again, I love that too, man. <laughs> Come on, Green Antonio. Be a pro. Do your job. Be a pro. You're in there with a legend. You ain't gonna, you're not going to get over shooting on Antonio Inoki. No. He just... Murders him. Oh, he just kicks him in the kicks unconscious. Him in the face. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> so that being said, in kind of the spirit of that last one, yeah, sure. My favorite is Lex Luger versus Bruiser Brody in a steel cage pick. match. Great pick. Where Brody just doesn't sell for awesome Lex. Pick. And Lex is basically crapping his Great. pants. Great. It's yeah. so uncomfortable. That's awesome. It's so uncomfortable to see Lex like beg to get out of the ring. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No, that's, that's my favorite. I'm going to go with Hogan Warrior 98. I thought about that one too. I love to see two men who both think they're literally the biggest wrestlers on the planet, even in 1998 when Stone Cold was around. These two guys think that they are the end-all, be-all in wrestling still, and they are both having a different match. Each man is putting on a match that is 
nowhere close to being on the same page as the other guy. And it's so bad, but it is so hilarious. Both these old ass leather guys are trying to get themselves over by, you know, burying the other guy. None of it works. None of it works. None of it works. It's so bad. And their match went long, and then we didn't get to see DDP versus Goldberg on the pay-per-view. Which apparently was a pretty good match. Yeah. Uh, final text question from the Hadley Doodly Champ. It says, here is my return to Matt Chat with a question from uh, Alex Foster saying, uh, we all know Russo is crazy about the idea of WWE and AEW secretly working together, but, but hypothetically, what if he's right? Ooh, Can you guys come up with maybe. two scenarios where Triple H is secretly working with AEW and one where Vince is secretly working with AEW? Steve, you can go maybe, first. maybe, maybe, maybe. I think the argument together. in your case to be made with Triple H would be easier than Vince, but go well, ahead. Well, for one thing, Triple H has at least one mole there. His name is Badass Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ass, mm-hmm. the ass man. Uh, so obviously that's his liaison. That's his connect. He, you know, texts the ass man, Hey, wouldn't it be great if X, Y, Z, how about what if Cody had my throne? This is all a big build to WrestleMania 37. Okay. And then we'll co-promote with AEW. The old man's going to be gone by then. I've got it on good authority. So we're going to do a big co-promotion and going to blow up the internet, blow up the wrestling world. We'll have all that the cool buzz. Here's the thing. Also, listen, listen. Here's the thing. Take over All Elite. Take over. You guys are going to take over All Elite. The secret deals that we signed with the Young Bucks that the old man doesn't know about. Oh, yeah. those. Are, did you guys get the wire transfer? <laughs> Some stream of consciousness texting there from Triple H. It's a lot. It's a lot to write down. It's a down. lot. Like five paragraphs of stuff. <laughs> he does like voice to text with that, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. He does. And so it comes out a big jumble. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, here's. I, I think if Vince were to do it, it'd be a two-pronged approach. Good. One, you mentioned Cool Factor. He would be secretly ah. helping out all the wrestling, only for it to be unveiled that he's one of the masterminds behind the scene. I can be cool too. Look at, <laughs> look at, look at this. Look yeah, at this. Yeah. Look at this. Good. Two yeah. is to show up Triple H. Oh wow! Look, I can help book the show that's better than NXT. I can out into you. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. That's I'm surprised you didn't bring up the Triple H started working with the AEW. So AEW would succeed, and therefore uh, Vince would get super desperate. Uh, Raw WWE would be even more garbage. Vince would be kicked out. Triple H would rise to power. I don't know, man. You're playing with fire there because if if Vince finds out, Triple H is fired. But then Triple H would lead all elite wrestling to a renaissance. And And we'd have like a last episode of Nitro where it's Triple H Mm -hmm. showing up there to buy WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be poaching Riddle. He'd be poaching... You know, uh, all these Balor. guys. Balor. He'd be poaching, 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 man. Seth. Owens. Kevin Owens. Yeah. That, oh, the entire Undisputed Era. The Revival. Oh, man. Be poach, poach, poach. That's what it'd be. Yep. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Maybe we can hope for Vince to uh, <clears throat> retire. Anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Thanks so much. You can participate in Matt Chat. You can have your video question or text question uh, answered right here on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.